life. Laura Curran joining us live. It's Cut to the Chase with Laura Curran on 77 WABC. Welcome back to Cut to the Chase. All right. We have talked about the migrant crisis. It's really the news dominating the country right now. But I want to get a little more local. So, you know, I walk through midtown Manhattan very regularly and I smell a lot of weed uh, try not to get that contact high as I walk by, especially when I come to do the radio. But, you know, with all of these illicit shops you're seeing, there's about 1,400 in New York City alone. That's six times as many as there are Starbucks in the five boroughs. Um, did you know that only eight shops, weed shops in New York State are actually legit? Four of them are in the city, four are in the rest of the state. Um, it's been really difficult for the legitimate actual businesses, you know, allowed by the state to open. These other ones are all illegal. But there was a lot of news in cannabis world, in legal cannabis world here in New York State this week. And I've been following it closely, but it's kind of hard to explain. So I have recruited Brad Racino. He is editor and publisher of New York Cannabis Insider, which is actually the only publication covering New York State's emerging cannabis industry, if you can believe it. So, Brad, welcome to Cut to the Chase. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So I really enjoy your, I get your 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 daily email news blast. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. Two big pieces of, actually more than two, a lot of news last week. Uh, as you've reported, I believe exclusively, a group of what are called conditional adult use retail dispensary licensees. That's a very long way of saying people who have been justice involved and are getting licenses to open cannabis shops um, are getting frustrated. They sent a letter late last Tuesday to all of the state agencies and people dealing with cannabis. What did they say? Well, that's a little bit hard to synthesize. I'll try my best. But basically, these folks have been scrambling for months and months and months now. Um, some of them were licensed as early as last November. Try, and then what they're trying to do is find real estate to open their shops. And they're also trying to find money to do it. And the main state agency that is overseeing that part of the state's rollout is DASNY, the Dormitory Authority of the state of New York. So these folks put pen to paper, signed their names, and basically called out DASNY on 13 separate grievances um, outlining the ways that the agency has basically either gotten in their way or prevented them from moving on um, and, and getting these spaces, whether that's DASNY is actually competing for real estate with these licensees or DASNY has not provided the funding that they said that they were going to when this whole program started more than a year and a half ago or a year ago. Um, it's, it's a very long and detailed list of, of problems, but suffice to say, it's um, it's a long time coming. We've been hearing about all of these problems for six to nine months now, mm -hmm. uh, but this is the first time that a group of them actually signed their names to a paper and sent it to the authority. So these are folks who are trying to get their businesses opened. Uh, there was supposed to be, you're right, help from DASNY, the, the state agency, the dormitory, dormitory authority for the state of New York. And uh, they were going to be working with a social equity cannabis investment fund to raise, what was it, $150 million to help these folks, these justice-involved folks, open their businesses, find real estate, build it out, get it going. Um, of Is it... Am I correct with 150 million? Yeah, you nailed it. And how much has been actually raised of that money? As far as we know, zero dollars. 
Okay. <laughs> and was it risky for these people? Obviously, they need to work with the state. They probably needed to have feel like they have to have a good relationship with the state uh, because they're kind of dependent on them for this. Is it is it was it risky for them to do this to be so yeah, public? I, I mean, I would say so, but I think that also goes to show how serious the situation has become. Um, like I said, these people have been complaining about the same issues for a very long time to me and amongst others and you know amongst people in the industry, um, but never have they just come right out and said it and put their names on it because they are afraid. I mean, many have told me that they're super afraid of um, angering the agency. Of, there, there's a lot, lot of different ways Dadney could retaliate if they wanted to. And I think some of these folks have heard through the grapevine that Dasney has done that for people who have uh, caused a problem. And uh, for example, there, Dasney is trying to place some of these licensees into these gigantic real estate spots that would <laughs> that would be very hard for any accomplished business person to pay the rent on. And when some of these people pass on these spots, they don't hear from Dasney again like for months or ever. Um, mm. And so it seems like it's it's an extremely risky move to uh, to come out out and say it and, and have your name attached to it. I'm speaking with Brad Racino, editor and publisher of New York Cannabis Insider, and you are listening to Laura Curran on Cut to the Chase. So the plot thickened a little bit, Brad. Uh, the Cannabis Association of New York, which is sort of the trade association for pretty much all of the legal business, cannabis business in New York State, kind of signed on to these uh, uh, card, it's conditional adult use retail dispensary licensees, signed on saying, yeah, you know what, we're we're with you guys, we agree. So there was a bit of a pile on there against the state. Yeah. um, And, you know, the the canny group, um, they are representing a lot of the state's farmers and processors, also retailers as well, but they are affected by what DASNY is doing as well, because these farmers were promised that there would be X number of stores open by now. I think Governor Hochul said back in October that by this point there would be close to 80 or 100 retail stores open. And as you said in the the intro, there are eight. Mm -hmm. And so these farmers have nowhere to sell their product that they grew on the state's promise. So what happens to the product? So it just gets, it degrades over time. I mean, it's still salvageable at this point, but What's happening is a lot of these farmers, because they're not selling their product, they're not making money, so they don't have money to put back into this year's grow. And so the question is, is anyone going to actually huh. be growing growing marijuana this year wow. because they're all going bankrupt? They're, so they're they, can't really sell it, they can't sell it out of state? That's part of the law, right? Right, right, yeah. You know, this all needs to stay in New York. Wow. Has there been a response from the state on these concerns? Not yet. I mean, Dasney did say in a statement to us um, that, you know, they take the concern seriously, something like that, and that they're open to meeting with this group. That's as much information as we got from them. Um, so we'll see how it develops. But that's that's about it. So, Brad, through your reporting, you cover this very closely. As I said, uh, New York Cannabis Insider is the first and only publication covering the New York State's cannabis industry. Uh, what is going on in the state that it's so problematic? Do you know where the problem is? That's a really complicated question. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, to even just to even just like a, you know, 90,000 view foot view. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, at at the 90,000 view, it is that, number one, New York is trying to do this legal cannabis industry differently than anyone has ever done. They're trying to do it to mitigate from the war on drugs, to have social equity really be the... the Which is noble and worthy. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're, they're, they're trying this new game plan. That's number one. Number two was there was such a lag between when cannabis was legalized in New York and this regulatory body, the Office of Cannabis Management, got up and running, that that allowed for this proliferation of all these unlicensed shops, which has become the number one problem um, outside of these retailers not being able to find space. That is a huge concern. On top of that, you have DASNY now in the mix, which is this super opaque government agency that even politicians that I've talked to don't really understand how it works. Hmm. And they are getting involved in a way that there's no transparency and there is zero accountability, zero accountability. Um, And so you have them working with the Office of Cannabis Management. The two have presented a unified front, but over the last six to nine months, uh, the cracks have become very apparent. And just just to be clear, these are both state agencies. Right. Well, DASNY is, I think, considered a quasi-state agency or an authority. Oh, it's an authority. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- so there's that. Then there are egos at play. There are very mm. strong egos within certain these agencies. Then there's just the fact that at the end of the day, and I know a lot of people in the legal industry, marijuana industry, don't want to hear this, but at the end of the day, it's cannabis we're talking about. And mm-hmm. New York has such bigger issues on its plate that a lot of the politicians who maybe could affect change right. are not really paying that close attention. They're not engaged because we're dealing with migrants and funding and policing and, and everything else and is going on. education and public yeah. health. But yeah, all these bigger things that affect so many more people. I think that is also a really big thing that not a lot of people talk about. It's just the reality of it. Like, But then it really meanwhile, is. you've got all of these illicit shops operating, not paying taxes. There's no quality control. You don't know what the heck you're getting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy anything <laughs> if I were to consume marijuana for many of these illicit shops. Um, So the other question I have for you is this, and then I got to let you go in about 90 seconds. Uh, Because, you know, let's say everything goes well and everyone gets their act together and the regular shops can open, the legitimate shops can open. They got to charge taxes. They're going to charge more money because there was this big lag time where it was decriminalized and these illicit guys could open. They could, you know, people, their muscle memory, their shopping muscle memory is going to they're going to go to where that where they have been getting their product for a cheaper price because they don't have to pay taxes. Do you think that this lag is going to end up hurting the legitimate business in the end? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, But there's also it's again, the 90,000 foot view. It's state government getting involved in something. And what that means is more taxes, more admin, more overhead. And so not even the illicit shops. I mean, before the illicit shops sprang up, people were buying weed in New York. They would get it delivered. They get it from their guy or their yeah. girl, whatever. Yeah. And it was it was always relatively cheap. But now if they look at the legal stores, you're looking at two to three times the cost of what people who have been smoking their whole lives are used to seeing. And that's because of all the taxes and the overhead and all this other stuff. So it's not just the illicit market. It's it's all the extra hurdles that the state has placed in this process to make it really, really difficult for these people to succeed. Plus federal, you know, it's, it's illegal federally, which has a lot to do a lot with like tax implications and such for these small businesses. So it was a noble goal to have justice involved people, people who had been hurt by the marijuana trade in the past. 
to give them, you know, a bit of a head start here. But it seems that the bureaucracy has broken down and uh, the priorities are elsewhere. And unfortunately, it's going to hurt some legitimate businesses. But who knows? I'm going to be hopeful, Brad, and I'm going to be continuing to read the New York Cannabis Insider uh, to see what's going on. Hopefully, it will sort itself out, and this will be good for everyone. <laughs> I hope I'm not, you know, smoking something to make me say that. But, Brad, I really want to thank you so much, and we'll have you on again as things progress. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to be here. Take care. Bye-bye.